Welcome to Culture Couch, a pop culture podcast. Okay, one sec, I'll get there. This smells real nice. Our bottles have a wax coating on top of them, and Andrew's is really dumb. But mine had a string that I kind of was able to break the wax seal with. There we go. Mine, I could not do that, so I had to kind of just wedge the bottle opener underneath the wax. I thought I had it, but not good enough. But you got it. Do you want to go first while I just kind of peel off a little bit more on the lips? I'm not just licking wax. Yeah. So mine is from, I think they're actually both from Epic Brewing, right? Yeah, they are. Yep. So mine is Oak and Orchard Sour Ale aged in oak barrels with fruit. And it is a plum, I think it's a plum infused beer. I'm really excited for this. It smells really good. What actually attracted me to it was that it has the Yggdrasil, the tree, the life tree. On the front. Okay. They just like a Nordic. It looks like the tree mythology. in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. The the white. Mm-hmm. You know which one I'm talking about. Yeah. But yeah, it sound, it just sounded really good. And you know me, I like beer that has fruit in it. So, and I don't find it often that I get to like have plum in anything aside from eating actual plums. So yeah, here we go. Plum is an interesting. That's very, very sour. And it's not sour until like the end. Oh, it's like in the back of your throat, sour. Okay. It's not unpleasant. It is a lot less fruity than I thought it would be because it smells quite fruity. But yeah, it's not bad. It's here. Let me taste it again. Still still got to think. It's very heavy on the sour. And you guys all know that I like my sour beer. But there is too sour. Yeah, but there is too sour. And I feel like a lot of this, it's just all sour. Like no flavor sour. That's how that beer, I think I told you I had in Maine. Mm -hmm. It was was like a lemon basil and it looked so good, but it was so sour. I couldn't even taste anything other than just sour. Yeah. Also, I'm getting like a taste of metal. So it's probably from the bottle cap and that's not very pleasant. So that could be affecting it too. But overall, it's not my favorite, but it's definitely not the worst beer. And it has a pretty nice aftertaste, which is also really good. Because I hate nothing more than when you try something that's really good, but then has a terrible aftertaste that you have to just deal with. But yeah, I would give this a six. Six? Mm -hmm. That's not bad. Yeah. Palatable. I have their Sour Brainless Sour Ale Aged in Oak Barrels with Guava. Oh, Guava. Okay. Uh, It's on Pink Guava. And it smells... You know how Guava can sometimes not smell super great? Yes. This doesn't have a very pleasant odor, but it is also, I meant to grab the content. Oh yeah, mine's a 7.7. Dude, we've been saying Yours is probably a 7.7. Mine's a 6.4. Oh, okay. We've been saying Epic is out of Salt Lake, where we have at least once. I'm pretty sure we've said that they're out of Colorado, aren't they? Well, we've had a lot of Epic. I think Uh a couple weeks ago we said Epic out of Salt Lake. That might have been a mistake because they're at, they're definitely from Colorado. They're Denver, yeah, yeah. I think we just misspoke. Yeah, I don't think we've done that regularly because we've had a lot of epic on here. Yeah, well, if we misspoke on one of them, sorry, our bad. No one's. <laughs> we perfect. do know you're from uh, Denver, though, because like I said, we've had a lot of epic brewing on here. Mm, that wasn't a good face. Oh wow, dude, that was like warhead level sour. Yeah, this one's really sour too. Like. Like I said, don't get me wrong. I do enjoy a, a really nice sour beer, but the, it's it's too sour. Yeah, this actually would be really pleasant if the sour was pulled back about twenty five percent. The grape, the guava is actually quite delicious. It's just too. There's just too much. Yeah, 
That's the thing. I think if they pulled the reins on the sour a little bit on this one, this would be drastically better. Yeah, I'm going to give this a six. Okay. Yeah, not bad then. My problem is I'd have a hard time finishing this with just from how sour it is. Mm -hmm. Like I'd get tired of every time. Yeah. Well, Uh, Epic Brewing this week, you got a six on both of these. They're probably from the same line, I think, I would assume. Yeah, I think so. The one I had was actually a gift from the Montana listener. Yes, it was. So thank you for providing. My mouth is much cleaner now. If I had any, like, what are they called? Canker sores or anything like that? They're gone, man. That sour pungent just... Just knocked them right out. Knocked them right out of the park. Well, let's go have a seat on the culture couch. Let's do it. Uh, what do you have for pop culture this week, Sky? Honestly, I don't have anything. I haven't, since I finished The Sandman, which was amazing, by the way, I haven't uh, I haven't started anything new. I haven't also listened to any new music, really. Oh, actually, I'll talk about this because it goes into theme with our podcast. I did discover a new podcast that I want to listen to more episodes because the episode I listened to was really good. I listened to it to brush up on the topic that we're discussing today, but it's called the Lights Out Podcast. I didn't look at a ton of their library, but from what I could see there, they go into a lot of like horror side stuff and like okay. uh, ghost stories and stuff like that, which you guys all know by now that that's right up my alley. That's exactly what I like and what I enjoy. And they do cover a lot of just a lot of really cool topics. That I really enjoy that seem really creepy. And the podcast episode that I listened to, was very well done. So Lights Out Podcast, check them out. Like I said, I've only listened to one episode, so I don't know how they all are, but I really enjoyed this one, so I'll definitely be going back for more. That's great. Especially because he made kind of a part two to explain more about this. Interesting. So, yeah, how about you? Uh, Mine is kind of a fun little thing that came back. Do you remember MoviePass? Yes. I don't really know exactly how it worked, but I do remember when it was a thing and it was very brief and then it it was shut down very quickly yeah so what happened you would pay like 12 10 9 bucks a month something like that is Somewhere. he stuck in the bathroom no oh he's just mad because he's chewy okay great my dog's crumbling don't worry about it <laughs> so anyways it was like eight to somewhere between like eight and 12 bucks a month but you could go to the movies like basically unlimited and i think what they thought is people would sign up for this and not not use it on an unlimited amount. They'd go to a movie once, maybe twice a month. The next month, not go to a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened was people were just going to the movies over and over and over and over again. And so the movie theaters were charging MoviePass a ton of money. So they went bankrupt immediately. Yeah. So they're coming back, but they have a little bit of a change. So they have like essentially tiered packages that are anywhere from 10 to $30. And you get credits. Okay. And then once you're out of credits, you're out of credits for that for month. For that month. But different movies and time slots adjust vary how much the credit is. So probably a Friday night, it's more credits than a Monday afternoon. Yes. Okay. So I don't know how many credits. I don't know if they've released that yet. I didn't look a ton into it. I just kind of looked up briefly over it because they haven't launched yet. So I'm kind of okay. waiting to see what their website looks like to explain that situation a little bit more but 
it's back. We'll see if it can survive for more than a few months. Yeah, that that'd be really cool. Especially, I mean, we all know that we I love movies just as much as the next person. So, yeah, and I really do enjoy, especially on Tuesday nights, just checking to see what's out. If there's anything I haven't seen that I know that nobody else really wants to go to see, I'll just go watch a movie by myself. Yeah, it could probably be pretty good for you. Yeah, uh, especially if you're going, you know, twice a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't for the last few months just because nothing has really drawn my attention to go see. But we're yeah. coming up on spooky time, so you know, you know what that means. Yeah, but if you had the pass, you might just be like, "Yeah, hey, I'll just go see a movie." Yeah, true. Even if you're not super interested in the trailer, you might just tough it out because you're like, oh, "I don't want to waste my credits." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. So you see more movies. Uh, anyways, do you have anything else? No, that's it for pop culture on the radar, at least. I thought I had something else to bring up and now I can't remember what it was. So we're just going to move on. All right. Maybe I'll remember for next week. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, we've decided with this particular topic, it's kind of going to be, I don't want to call it a series, but I mean, I guess it kind of is a series, but there's no cadence to it. Yeah, like we haven't decided when and if and how often we're going to be making these, but we decided that it would be really fun to talk about all kinds of different cryptids, which if you don't know what a cryptid is, it's it's short for cryptozoologist. Well, it comes from the term cryptozoologist, and they basically uh, are animals or things that are like their existence is unknown and or unexplained okay so yeah so like bigfoot mermaids a lot of things from folklore would be considered a cryptid so uh, like the jersey devil mothmen skinwalkers you know things like that and as you see of today's topic the wendigo so question for you Mm -hmm. uh do you consider bigfoot and the loch ness monster the same or are they different what do you mean is is Bigfoot and the Loch Ness, like, are they the same creature, just two different names? No. Or are they two separate? The Loch Ness Monster is, like, a reptilian, like, dinosaur sea monster kind of oh. thing. Okay, good. Yeah, whereas Bigfoot, as far as we know, and from what people have told us and said and folklore and whatnot, explains that it's more like an ape. Got you. Yeah. And there's the Abominable Snowman, too. Yeah, which is similar to Bigfoot, but... Snowy. Basically just a snow version. A winter version. A winter variant, if you will. Yeah. But yeah, cryptids have been something that I've always been super fascinated with as a kid. I don't know about you. No, I've always been really fascinated. And actually, I there's part of me that just wants to believe they're real, mm-hmm. uh, just for the excitement of it. And I will say, so we, we in Utah, there's a religion here uh, that's really popular, and there was some people, and I had a seminary teacher actually that told me once about how, uh, like Bigfoot, they are people that God condemned to walk the earth forever because they were so bad. Interesting. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So ever since then, I've been like really interested because you know when you're fourteen, fifteen, whatever, and someone tells you that, you're going. Okay, so there's you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, I wonder where they heard that from. Probably their parents. Oh, it's totally just made up. Yeah. He pro- he might have even just been just lying with me. Himself. To, yeah. Because I was a teenager and he wanted to mess with me. Yeah, that's so funny. So I've yeah I've always been interested and 
part of me like wants them to be real because they're cool. Yeah. I've always like when I was little, I would always catch like little documentaries here and there on TV about them. Yes. And I was always just so like I was at the same time, I was fascinated and also terrified because none of them are friendly. Right. Well, they just they're so unknown. Like we just don't know. Okay. And here's my thought on it. Do I believe in all of them? No. At the end of the day, I can say that I don't think I do, but I do believe that fiction has to come from somewhere, right? Like there has to be some sort of experience or uh, something that inspires this idea. So I think that there is some truth to some of these things and the reason why I don't believe them is because we're so far advanced now. And we could go find them. That we should be able to find them. Yeah. I mean, but also, when you think about it, and you think about our oceans, we've explored very, very little of our ocean. So, like, is... I mean, maybe the mer the idea of a mermaid, for instance, is, you know, what we've seen on TV and in movies and all that and read about in books, like... Maybe the idea of him being like that is a little bit far-fetched, but who knows if there's some sort of humanoid something that's even deeper and scarier that we just haven't found. True. I mean, I think two, three years ago, there was like a squid that washed up on shore, and they had no idea there was squid that big. Yeah. Like, we had no concept. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah the ocean's a scary fucking place, and I feel like there are some parts of the forests and stuff that we have that haven't been explored. Oh, no. And I think it's safe to say that we haven't explored every ounce of land either. I think land animals would, or land creatures would be much easier to find than ocean creatures because we don't have the technology to fully explore the way we want to. I mean, we can go pretty far down there with like remote submarines and stuff. But there's also humans all over the earth. Yeah. Like think about people just hiking, mm -hmm. camping. Which then that leads or raises the question, well, okay, then why haven't we seen more stuff? But then you really start looking into it. And a lot of people claim to have seen like a lot of really weird or unexplained things. And a lot of these cryptids come from cultural folk folklore that aren't ours, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of it in that comes from native American folklore. There's a lot of it that comes from, uh, you know, Asian folklore. A lot of it is, it's just so we don't know about, it. and they don't like talking about a lot of these things. Yeah, I do think a lot of it, though, is to try to explain the unexplainable. Yeah, it's trying to give a face to something that we don't know. Because at the end of the day, I think every human being is afraid of the unknown. Yes, I think it's... To an extent. Natural, at least cautious of the unknown. Uh-huh. Right? And I think if you see something in the woods and you don't know what it is, you have to give it a story... Right. To kind of put yourself at ease. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because if you're, if you think about it, when you go through school and you watch a lot of TV and with like Discovery Channel and Animal Planet and all that, you're walking out in the woods and you see something that you honestly at first sight, you're like, what the fuck is that? You know enough about like bigger land animals that like anything that's that big or that scary looking or scary sounding, you can easily justify and say, oh, well, that could have been a bear. That could have been a wolf. That could have been a mountain lion, you know, something like that. But there are some things that you're like, what, what was that? Because I know it wasn't either one of those things. Yeah. I, I get where you're coming from, but also it could just be like, 
you're you're under stress and so your brain doesn't take in as much information that quickly and it's able to process what it's seeing and so it just doesn't really like you just can't really kind of put two and two together and real or like reason with the fact that oh what i saw in the woods was actually a bear and so your brain like you're missing all these key parts and so you you can't come up with an explanation as to what you saw but what you actually saw was a bear i don't know that's just or you didn't get a good look at it yeah. Or it's nighttime, right? And it's mm-hmm. because, I mean, that's another thing. And anything at nighttime is just three times scarier, right? Oh, even when we're camping with friends and it's mm-hmm. night, I get a little nervous. Yeah. I, not not maybe not nervous, but very cautious. Yeah. And there, there's a little bit of unease that comes from being in the dark. Yeah. Like if you go try to walk alone and go pee in the woods, like it's kind of intimidating. Mm-hmm. Not even just because you're thinking, oh, Bigfoot's out there. Bigfoot's going to get me. It's... Like, because there's real shit out there. And you just like, can't see anything. Mm-hmm. And squirrels sound like fucking moose. Yeah. They step on one little twig or make one leaf rustle in the tree. And you're like, it's a bear. It's a moose. I'm dying. Yeah. Dude, one time my wife and I were camping and I heard something outside the tent. And I was, I was like, we're done. Mm-hmm. It sounded huge. I never even looked out the tent. She slept through the whole thing, of course. Yeah. And I was awake for two hours, just stressed out of my mind. Yep. Same thing for us. Like we were, me and some friends were out camping and we could hear something big walking around in the area where we were camping. And we were like, what the fuck is that? And it sounded like multiple somethings. They weren't making any noise other than just the sounds of their movement. And we were like, what is that? Because it's it was big. We get out the next morning because like nothing bothered us. Nothing even came close to our tent, but we could hear something very yeah. close and a lot of somethings. We get out and we look around and there were tons of hoof prints in the dirt. Was it cows? It was cows. Yeah. Because there was cow shit everywhere. Fresh. Yeah. Fresh cow shit. And hooves. And we're like, like, oh, okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah. But like it at the time, you don't know. And so your no. brain starts jumping to all these conclusions. And cows are huge. Yeah. So they're making all kinds. And they probably weren't mooing because oh. if they would have mooed, you would have been like, oh. We're fine. Yeah, because they really only do that for, I mean, communication purposes, I'm sure. Or, you know. But if they're just meandering around. But they're just walking. They're not going to make any sound. Yeah, that would scare me. Yeah, it was a lot. But, yeah, so cryptids. Cryptids are a very interesting thing. And I've been seeing a lot of, like, I fall down a lot of rabbit holes on TikTok. And I go into, like, the cryptid, you know, a cryptid rabbit hole. So I just kind of got the idea, oh, we should talk about cryptids on this because it's kind of fun and it's a little bit of a lead up to spooky season. Didn't someone also kind of recommend it? Uh, I thought someone, I did have a friend a few months back and he did say, he's like, you should, you guys should talk about cryptids. And I was like, yeah, that'd be a pretty good idea. And then I realized that it's actually a really good idea because there's a lot of cryptids in pop culture. There is. So we'll just tie it all in. Well, I think there's a lot of, I mean, the one thing with them is there's a lot of, interpretation with them yeah slightly change mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of different interpretation especially the one that we're going to talk about today there's oh, several different variations that we've seen read about whatever how do you pronounce this properly too well that's another thing is there are a lot of different spellings of this word that's why i'm struggling but the most common is the wendigo wendigo okay mm-hmm. i was thinking it was a wendigo yeah and see in some shows and movies they pronounce it wendigo Interesting. But most commonly, it's pronounced Wendigo. Wendigo. Okay. Well. Yeah. Interesting. I was all day. I was reading in my mind Wendigo, and I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. So. But, 
Yeah, I also did notice when I was looking around that there is very much two uh two variations. Like I mean, multiple variations of it, but there's like two common variants. There's there's a pretty common like variation of it that just kind of is across all folklore. But yeah, there are little or a few like one-offs here and there, but uh, most of them have like the same like description of what they are and all that. So, do we want to start with Wendigos and pop culture? Or should we start about a little history of the Wendigo? We got to go like the history, and then we can talk about. Okay, you got to know what it is, where it comes from. Yeah, that's true. So, for anybody who doesn't know what a Wendigo is, it is actually quite horrifying. Also, it is- if you, after this description, if it if you don't think it's horrifying, go look up some pictures of it. Yeah, well, like because a lot of pictures that you find are like drawn pictures, or I mean, you can go look at the variations of it in the different movies and stuff. And I mean, it, it's a pretty scary creature. Yes. So the Wendigo, uh, and I read an article that had a pretty good description of it. That was, that I found was pretty common across all, all across the board, but it was from TBS news and TBS as in the business standard. I don't know why the business standard would write an article like this, but I've never read anything from the business standard, but here we are. It doesn't seem like it fits their yeah. diagram. I don't know. But also after reading this, of course, you like start doing more research and almost all of this information here is the same across everywhere that I have looked. And like I watched a YouTube video about them. I listened to that podcast episode and they all pretty much have the same exact information. So there's like a lot of consistencies. Yeah. Because that's like one thing with some of them. And as we get to those, we'll, we'll get there. But there's a lot that have a lot of variation on like where they started, where they're from, backstory. So yep. So the Wendigo is a creature that appears in, I don't know how to say this, and I'm sorry if anybody who knows how to pronounce this properly, let me know, but the Algonquian Native American legend. Uh, so they devour human flesh to survive, and they're mostly a, a winter creature, like they live in winter conditions, so up north in the cold in the mountains. But uh, yeah, are they only a myth? Like they've been passed down through legends and whatnot. But they are, or are they just cannibalistic humanoids waiting in the forest for their next victims? That's kind of where the stories start. So as the tale goes, the first ever Wendigo was once a lost hunter. During a brutally cold winter, the man's intense hunger drove him into cannibalism. So after feasting on another human's flesh, he transformed into a crazed man-beast roaming the forest in search of more people to eat. And that is what I'm seeing a, a, you know, a bunch of different things are saying that Wendigos come from people who resort to cannibalism because cannibalism is like is looked at uh from and you'll kind of see more in this uh article that in the native american culture cannibalism is like an act of evil like you just it's very taboo you just don't do it i think in most cultures it's mm-hmm. but like even in, even if you're like in your most dire situation for survival oh they say taking your life is better than cannibalizing your fellow human because it's just evil so bad okay so they say that the wendigo is basically the embodiment of pure evil all right but yeah so they say that he was transformed into a man beast roaming the forest there are other versions of the story that the first wendigo is said to have been a warrior who made a deal with the devil in order to save his tribe and so he gave up his soul and was then transformed into a wendigo so the tale of the wendigo comes from like i said the al Gonquian Native American folklore, and the exact details vary depending on who you talk to or who you ask. Some people who claimed of encountering the beast say it's relative; it's a relative of Bigfoot, and other reports compare the Wendigo to a werewolf instead. And a lot of different things that you'll see in pop culture, from at least 
what I've seen, they have a lot more werewolf-like yeah, things I, that are that can be related to werewolves more. I got a lot of the same, and I got some other zombie ones too, mm-hmm. like zombie vibes, I should say. Yeah. So the Algonquians are some of the most extensive and numerous of the Native American groups in North America, and they once lived along the Atlantic coast and the Great Lakes region. The Wendigo, however, like uh, or the Wendigo are creatures who are also found in legends of other Native American tribes, including the neighbors of the Algonquians, the Iroquois. Um, amongst these people, uh, a creature known as the stone coat bears some similarities to the Wendigo. I don't, I have never heard of a stone coat. So maybe we'll have to look into that as well for like a follow-up. And roughly, apparently the word Wendigo is translated to the evil spirit that devours mankind. Okay. So there is that. All right. So one of the biggest legends that, is told about the Wendigo is that there was a man who was a part of the, or the, oh my gosh, it's such a tricky word. And I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Like I said, the Algonquian tribe, he was a part of that tribe and was exiled. Him and his family were exiled. And I couldn't find as to why he was exiled, but I found this story a lot. And him and his family were out basically just going through the, the forest to try to find civilization and, um, he carried on and went and found a civilization and they asked him, they said, okay, well, like, where'd you come from? And he just was basically pleading them for help. And again, this is all just a legend, but he was asking them for help. And then after hours of them demanding questions and talking to him and interrogating him about where he came from and where his family is, he said, okay, my family and I, we ran out of food. We found a cabin and we were living there for a while, but my family all died because of starvation. We were living in this cabin for as long as we could and they're all there, but they're dead. And I just need help. Like, but he, the thing is, is they say that he didn't look like he was hungry. Like he looked like he had, he was very well fed. So, so they all die from starvation. He does not. He does not. So the cut, that was kind of their question. We're like, okay, well, why did they all die from starvation? But you didn't. So he's like, well, look, look, I'll take you to them. You can go see their bodies. I can show you where they are in the woods. And so he takes them to this cabin where he left them. And when they get there, they find the bodies that have all been torn to pieces and chunks of flesh have been torn away as if they had been eaten. And like, it just was a huge, bloody, disgusting mess. And they obviously looked at him and they said, what the fuck's going on here? And he then basically just said, it wasn't me. It was this creature that possessed my mind and told me to kill my family and eat them. And so he did. Well, I mean, he basically confessed to doing it. Again, so says the legend. Anyway, the townsfolk obviously were not about that, so they hanged him. Okay. And that was the end of that. Again, there are a lot of different legends of saying where the story came from. There was that one that I mentioned previously where the man was trying to help out his tribe and sold his soul to the devil. And in doing so, the devil turned him into a Wendigo. That one's the most fun. Yeah. It's like really interesting. I do like the idea of it, of the cannibalism thing, because it's almost like a, a curse of the land, if you will. Yeah. That turns them or turns people into the Wendigo or a Wendigo. If you cannibalize your fellow human being, just a very interesting take. I also like the idea of him trying to do something good for his people, turned him into a monster. Mm -hmm. It's like a very interesting concept. Yeah. So, 
despite, well, I actually don't think I went into how they're commonly described. So the Wendigo is described as being a very skeletal figure. So they look very, uh, is the word emaciated, where they look very hungry. Like they just are super thin. Yeah. You can almost see their bones protruding. Like anorexic almost. Yes. Uh, but the thing is, they're really big. and But they're still strong and powerful. Mm-hmm. They just look... Yeah. And they have, they're said to have fangs. And a lot of the descriptions that I keep seeing across everything that I was finding is that they have like long, well, not like long fangs, but I would say kind of like a wolf or a cat, like just longer extended teeth and canines. And they all were described having like a long slimy tongue. And some of them say that they have glowing eyes. A lot of them that I was also seeing said that they resembled Or they had deer antlers, and they almost had like a deer skull head, or for their head. I was going to ask about that, Mm -hmm. because a lot of what I saw had had the antlers. Yeah. That's kind of one of their big things that almost separates them from werewolves and zombies and creatures of that nature, is Mm -hmm. the antlers. Because antlers are pretty unique. I don't really know of any other cryptids that have antlers. antlers. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is it's like you're when you see antlers on an animal, you know that it's a deer and you see them on all fours. And then for these cases to have seen something that resembles a human that can walk on two legs and have antlers, that's terrifying. It's like just a very terrifying visual. Yes. And they look deathly and sick and Mm -hmm. undead looking. Yes. Uh, But like I said, they're very big. They're very tall. So a lot of them or the descriptions I saw said that they're supposedly around like anywhere from 10 to 14 feet tall. Holy shit. Like huge things. Would you poop your pants if you saw that? Yeah, I would accept death. I'd just say fucking kill me. I'm not even going to try to run. Like, yeah. You'd rather (laughs) just die than try to have the terror of maybe surviving. Yeah. Uh, It just would be awful because the only time that you're going to see one is if you're in the woods. And at the point, if you see one, you're probably alone. You're stranded. Something, you know. You don't have any connection to civilization whatsoever, so you're probably fucked. Yeah. But yeah, so they have these descriptions. They're also described to uh, have a really terrible smell, like rotting flesh or a decomposing corpse. That sounds awful. And all these stories and legends say that you would smell one before you saw it. It's a lot of bad smells in the woods, so that's comforting. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that can be explained away very easily because anytime you smell a rotting thing, it's probably because there's a dead animal somewhere close to you. Yeah. But that could also mean that something just recently killed it, you know. Or it could just be your own BO because you've been in the woods for three days without a shower. I would hope you don't smell like rotting and decaying flesh, but you know. Hey, man. Some people are stinky. Some people are (laughs) stinky. But that's why we have showers and soap. And with your camping, wet wipes. Or, or camp near a river. Yep. Take a little soapy river bath. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And they also, so their hunting tactic, basically, they just hunt them down like any other, like, predator would in the woods, and they tear it to shreds. But it is said that they have an ability to mimic voices. Now, I actually want to talk about this because I've seen a lot of this on TikTok, but they have the ability to mimic human voices. Not any voices in particular, but another person, and they will often sound like they're a person who's in need of help to draw them in. to draw them in and they'll try to lure them deeper into the woods so they so you get lost and then basically it's like a fish in a barrel for them it's really terrifying when you think about it yeah but yeah so that's like one of their most primary tools or abilities of how to hunt so what have you seen on tiktok about this so 
a lot of things, I don't even know. It's just random like videos that I'll, that will come across my, or my feed where I'll see people going through a haunted house. And a lot of it's, I'm sure probably just them trying to post a fun video to get content and followers and whatnot and attention, but it's all still fun to entertain the idea that there's something spooky out there. But I also don't know where this is or if Wendigos are like a part of this folklore or like the folklore of Wendigos claimed that they're a part of this region, but where are the Appalachians or Appalachians? I don't know. It's the Appalachian mountains. Yes. Where is that mountain range? Is that on the East coast? It's on the East coast. It kind of runs up. I mean, it's a pretty, it's like the Rockies of the East coast, but not as big. Right. So it goes from like Georgia to, I think, I think the Northern tip even gets into New York. So it's like, you know, Georgia, North, South Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, it just kind of runs right up that that East Coast. Okay. So I have seen several different accounts on TikTok, and they have been like different people who have talked about it. And they are people who live in the Appalachians or very close to them. And a lot of them like basically are giving you tips of if you do go to the Appalachian Mountains, here's what you need to know and here's what you need to not do. Or things that you need to do. If you are out and you're hiking or whatnot and you hear someone whistling don't look. Just keep going. Mind your own business. And none of them say what it is or why. They just say, we're not really going to explain why. Here's just what you need to know about being up here. And they'll say, yeah, so if you hear a whistle when you're out hiking and you are, you know for a fact that you're alone or your group is alone and nobody else is whistling, don't go looking for it. Just keep about or keep about your business and just keep moving. If you hear someone calling your name, that you don't recognize, especially if you're alone, never go looking for it. Don't even turn towards the sound that you heard. Just leave. And like, basically like if you hear your name being called, like get in your car and and go like get out. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of a condition anywhere you go. If you hear your name being called out in the woods, you should probably turn around and leave. Especially if it's like, you know, you're, well, I shouldn't say, you know, but Mm-hmm. Unless unless you're meeting a friend up there. Yeah. But I would also hope that you'd never go hiking alone. Hiking is something you should never, ever do alone. There's a Just, listener that I know that mm-hmm. does this. And I have been telling you. And now Skylar is also telling you. Yeah. I don't care how well you think you know the area. I don't care how skilled of a hiker you are. Never go alone. And at the very least... Take a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you have a dog, your chances, you know, things are a little bit better because some dogs, like, especially if you were to fall, like, and the dog, and the dog stay, like some dogs just kind of get that sense where like, I need to get help. And so they'll go get someone like some, they just, there have been so many accounts of people telling stories of like, my dog saved my life because they went and grabbed someone and brought somebody to me. Like, and I would believe it. Yeah. Cause that, you know, so if you absolutely have to do this hike and no one's going to go with you, please take a dog. Even if it's your friend's dog, just take a dog. <laughs> and get like one of those GPS things. Mm-hmm. You can press help. Yeah, just don't go alone. It's mm-hmm. never a good idea. So we actually have a listener that lives out there. In the Appalachian Mountains? Yeah. Oh. Uh, kind of on the edge. Okay. The, the southern edge of it, but technically in the Appalachian area. Uh-huh. And... She has told me multiple times, she's like, there's places you do not want to go. Is this someone we've had on the podcast? Yes. Okay. 
And she, she's introduced herself then. Yeah. So, All right, so everybody knows it was Shay. And she hasn't told me some of this for a while. And I didn't think we were going to get an Appalachian. So I would have probably called her to refresh on some of the stuff she told me. But mm-hmm. she's like. So she's only. And she hasn't been there for very long. Well, she she lived in Georgia uh, previously. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She did live there previously. So she knows. So she's yeah, anyway, like, what first What did she say? She's like, there's just places you just don't want to go. There's roads you just don't want to go down. And does she say it's because of like bad people? Or she, does she just say. Both. We don't know. Just don't go there. It's just not worth finding out. Like, mm-hmm. it's like a, it could just be because there's a bunch of crazy rednecks that you don't want to come across. Or it could be that someone's whistling your name in the fucking woods. Like, and you don't want to deal with that. Like, she's like, you just don't go. And she's like, there's also places you do not want to camp at night. Mm. Like, there's just parts of the mountains you just don't want to be at night. Pretty wild stuff. Yeah. It's, I think, though, so if I think part of the reason that that's there is the Appalachians, like, the United States has been in for hundreds of years, and they haven't been in the Rockies for as long, right? Because they didn't start moving west until years after they settled the East Coast. Yeah. And so when you have a longer history that provides more time for more folklore and more scary stories and mm-hmm. more things to develop, but... The Appalachians also had, like, the Civil War went through those, man. Yeah. And so there's a lot of... And you, you, like I've said before, with, like, whatever you happen to believe with haunted houses, I mean, this is very off topic, but kind of the same idea. But if I am of the belief that negative energy or even positive energy, too, will stay. If it's strong enough, it will stay. Yeah. And I feel like where there... Especially in a house, if a true act of violence happens in a house or just something ongoing that's really bad is ongoing in a home, it can manifest in a really weird way. And I feel like it can kind of leave scars in a house. So I can only imagine that like the places like battlefields of war, that that's exactly what that's like. It's a lot of souls that didn't get to rest and, uh, you know the nature of war anyway is negative. So I can only imagine what places like that hold on to. And I'm a firm believer in that. I don't care what you believe, but I, I do believe that. I think the civil war also was, I mean, we could get my brother, another person Mm -hmm. that's been on the podcast to come tell us all about the civil war, but it was violent, man. Like, I mean, all war is violent, but that was like, you know, it's like different. It's bayonets and muskets were like, yeah, you got personal, yeah, well, you get shot by a musket. You might not. You're not going to die right away. You're going to die very slowly on the battlefield, watching your friends die. Mm-hmm. Like very traumatic deaths are happening. Yeah. So when you say they didn't get to rest, like their final moments were ugly. Yeah. And even then, like if you happen to not die, but you're on the ground incapacitated, and someone from the enemy side sees that you're still there, and they have an opportunity, they'll just stab you or like you yeah. know something. But yeah, awful, awful stuff. So I'm sure that that kind of plays into it all. But if that listener listens to this episode and has stories from the Appalachians about this specific thing about Wendigos or anything at all. We would love to get those stories and to tell them on here. Yes. But yeah, so that's kind of what I've got about the history of the Wendigo and what the Wendigo is. And like I said, there are many variations that we've seen in pop culture or in books, even in video games. But yeah, we'll let Andrew kind of jump into that side of it. So I was going through some movies. They're not the most popular. It's out of, I mean, I'm sure some of the cryptids are going to be less in pop culture than yeah, others. Like there's going to be some that aren't as well known. Yeah. And I would say this is more on the lower end. 
Uh, but I totally get where you're coming from kind of on the winter theme. There's a lot of movies that are very much like winter, mountainy, survival, and yeah. dealing with this kind of stuff. But there's been multiple movies titled just Wendigo that have been made. There was one in the 70s. There was one in the 90s. There was one in 2001. All pretty much the same uh, plot line of Wendigo going around and killing people. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, though, and... Uh, I did not know this, but he is in the Marvel Universe. He? The Wendigo. Oh. There's a version of the Wendigo in the Marvel Universe, and it shows Interesting. up in Hulk, the Agents of Smash, which was a TV series that, a cartoon series they made that lasted two years, showed up multiple times in there. Wolverine and the X-Men, episode-specific, Wolverine versus the Hulk. Again, the Hulk, which I wonder why the Hulk shows up in... Or has anything to do with the Wendigo at all? Yeah, like why... These were cartoons that I didn't go watch. Right. And then one of the cartoons... I think Wolverine and the X-Men was actually like one of the more recent cartoons that they've done. And I watched a pretty decent amount of that. That came out in 2008. Yeah. The other two have come out since since then. Okay. So that was actually the first time it showed up in the Marvel Universe. Uh, the Did most... you look into the character as to why he's called the Wendigo? Uh, no. I okay. ran out of time. Interesting. Because uh, I kind of found that last and I was weirded out. Uh, but also there's an Avengers cartoon, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, 2010. And that is just about them fighting villains. And, and one of them is the Wendigo. The Wendigo. Interesting. But would you have thought he's going to, was in the MCU? Well, I mean, he's not in the MCU yet. But well, I wouldn't imagine that. I don't, I don't know. I would never have thought something like that or of that nature would be brought into the MCU, no? No, I never thought so either. Which I'll have to look into it and see like why. And they're like, or maybe he has powers similar to like the folklore of the Wendigo, and so they he just called himself the Wendigo or something. Yeah, I don't know, but kind of cool. Yeah, super um, cool. Really changing out there. Now you also te- te- text me about this because you know it shows up in Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the episode? It's, yes, and it's, it's like, called Wendigo. Yeah, and they actually pronounce it Wendigo. Wendigo. Yeah, in the Supernatural. Interesting. I think it's in the first or second season. First season, two thousand five. Yeah. So this is back when Supernatural is like was really really good and they did a lot of their episodes on like each individual episode had its own unique storyline but like obviously had they had the bigger overarching story to tell the story of the winchester brothers but yeah the wendigo episode is one of my favorites because it was so creepy do they do a good job oh yeah well i mean because it was tv and so their budget wasn't super high you don't actually see the wendigo very often other than like in quick glimpses okay, but that because makes it worse right but also it goes to show that the wendigo is described in folklore as being very very fast and it is very fast in supernatural interesting yeah i feel like we need to watch one of these wendigo movies yeah at the very least you should watch the episode of supernatural because it's it's really good uh, we should like go watch like the old, like the first one, 1978 horror uh-huh. thriller. I bet it's so see what it's about. Cheesy, but I bet it's fun. So there was actually a movie. It might be on your list here, but is Antlers on there? No, uh, it was not on this list, which I thought was weird because this list actually is on IMBD. But that was the next movie I was going to bring up. Yeah, so have you seen it? Yes, I actually watched it probably within the last six months. Loved it. Was it terrifying? Mm. The trailer looks terrifying it was pretty i mean it's just like a typical creature feature you know and some people can give or take a creature feature but it was very intense very just with the nature of the story 
obviously a Wendigo is very scary and they don't actually come out and I don't think at least they don't come out and say that it's a Wendigo, but just from what I had already known of the Wendigo, I just put two and two together. I thought, Oh, this is a story of the Wendigo and where they were. I think they were on the Pacific Northwest and yeah. So it just all made sense. That's another thing with this is there's a lot of space I noticed. So there's a couple of these movies take place like the great lakes region. Some of them Mm -hmm. take place in the Midwest one of them takes place in like North Dakota, North Dakota. It might South have Dakota. actually not been Pacific Northwest. Now that I think about it, it might have been in the Great Lakes region that it took place. Okay, because so most of what I've seen is either in the Great Lakes or kind of like the Great Plains, mm-hmm. but it's very much the Canadian U.S. border. Yeah. You know, the very northern U.S. states were very southern Canadian provinces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, they're, they're they're creepy, and some of these trailers look look terrifying. Yeah, uh, antlers obviously plays on the the depiction of the Wendigo that it has like a deer the antlers head, not like a deer head, but it has antlers, and its head is like the skull of a deer. It's it's a really creepy, but creature like the skull of a deer, but then the face goes more human esque type. No, like when you do see its face, it has the face of like, it's almost just like this creature has like its head is a deer skull. Freaking. So it it looks like bone and whatnot, but it like still has a mouth and it can Uh, tear you apart. Cause some of them, what I've seen is like deer skull and antlers. And then it kind of like morphs into a human. Yeah. Almost like a mask. Yeah. Yeah. Not like that. Like this thing's head was a skeletal head. Like of a deer skull, like with no meat, but like it was still attached and part of the body. Like it, it's it was a very cool design. Interesting. Yeah. Another time they show up in pop culture, Pet Cemetery. Oh, Have you heard of it? Yeah, of course. Stephen King, mm-hmm. dude, is the Wendigo in that too? I did not. Yeah, and that's essentially kind of like the short version of it. There's a doctor, and he goes up to Maine, which is a little different. So really far east. Mm-hmm. And they go to a small town out there, and he's kind of helping. And there's, anyways, the a neighbor warns him of a weird thing, and there's a highway with speeding trucks, and animals get killed, and yeah. they run into the wind because it's like a Native American curse that's put on this land, and it brings back animals. Like if you bury them, it brings them back. Yeah, yeah. But I, I watched the new one because they remade it, like probably six or seven years ago. Oh, there's I watched a movie of it. Pet Cemetery, yeah. Oh, I'm talking about just the book. Oh yeah, Pet Cemetery is a movie, but I did not know they might have taken that part out of the movie because the Wendigo is not in the movie. I don't think. In fact, I'm pretty certain that it's not in the movie, but it could be a part of the book because Stephen King's books are way more elaborate than the movies have ever been. Interesting, dude. Stephen King is like, oh, he's great. The amount of books that that dude can write, mm-hmm. like he makes certain authors of fantasy series look like child's play yeah like he can pull out 500 600 page books like they're freaking candy i mean not all of them are super great but he's still i mean he's at least able to put out a unique story with every one of them over and over and mm-hmm. over and over again and a lot of them get movie adaptions because he's that good well and his name is huge yeah okay video games this was actually the one that i was most there's one one that you missed from a tv show that i actually that plays more into the werewolf side of it which one charmed I don't think that showed up on my list. So Charmed, I mean, is a very well-known show about three sister witches. And in one of the episodes, they come across a Wendigo. Was on the list. Oh, it was on the list. Yeah. And one of the sisters gets scratched by a Wendigo while they're out camping. And she slowly starts showing signs of aggression and whatnot, and then becomes a Wendigo. 
Okay. Yeah. And so that's like the difference between a lot of the common the folklore that say that it's from an act of cannibalism. But yeah, she gets scratched by it and it she turns into one. And there's just like this big thing because there's another Wendigo, obviously, that turned her. So they have like the confrontation with the Wendigo and someone in the episode that they've met or that you get to see in me as a character is the Wendigo. So it's kind of like a whodunit. Interesting. Yeah. And a lot of the folklore that I actually missed is that or forgot to mention was that the Wendigo is also told to have a heart or that their heart is frozen and that the only way you can kill them is to cut out their heart and burn it. And in Charmed, the only way to kill the Wendigo was with fire. So that's how they were able to kill it. Kind of like the White Walkers. Mm -hmm. And if you kill the Wendigo that turned you into one, you don't. You change back into a human. Okay. Yeah. So it's like werewolves in that sense. And the Wendigo in Charmed is like covered in hair, almost looks like Bigfoot, but with like nasty claws and teeth. So there's a lot of things because like that pop culture or authors have taken like parts of the myth of the Wendigo and mm-hmm. turned into like, because I very much got White Walker vibes. Yeah. Or, or the Night King, you know, mm-hmm. the burn, you have to burn them, the yeah. stuff like that. It very much, you know, they're creatures of winter. Yep. There's just, there's a lot of similarities that I'm sure, like I said, all fantasy and all, you know, fiction and stuff, they all kind of pull inspiration from folklore. Like that's just how it is. Yeah. But your next section was video games, you said? Yes. Yeah. So first game. I'm assuming you're going to mention one that I already know of off the bat. Uh, Yes. We're going to talk about that last. I'm assuming it's the same one. Yeah. Borderlands 3. Have you played any of them? No, I haven't. Okay. So this one, well, for anyone that hasn't played Borderlands... I think the best way to describe it would be like a po- post-apocalyptic post post-apocalyptic yes thank you mm-hmm. first person shooter game. yeah and you kind of are just going around doing some missions trying to survive and the art style is very unique in the video game it's almost like you're playing a video game that is like a straight up comic book the yes. art is very cool the art is cool and the guns are so cool yeah. it's actually one of the coolest looking video games that's not trying to be real. Like, they, they're they not trying to be real. Yeah, and it's very outlandish. The characters are all wild and insane. Yeah. And, yeah. It's super cool. Uh, anyways, it the reason I brought this one up, it's they took a really interesting turn with it. Uh, the, the mission that you do, it's a boss. It's called Horror in the Woods. And the Wendigo can actually scale walls. Mm-hmm. And it walks on all fours for the most part. Yeah. Which is a little different. But this one breathes fire. Oh, that's very different. See, the Wendigos in folklore also can walk on hind legs, but if they, when they're trying to run through the woods faster, they walk on all fours. Yeah, this one kind of like spidery crawl. Yeah, uh, and breathes fire. And if it wasn't called Horror in the Woods and it didn't have the antlers, I don't think people would have kind of put it as a Wendigo. Okay, but because it's like Horror in the Woods, it's it, it gives it a little bit more of like that's where windigos are it has the antlers uh and it doesn't really feed on people it mm. just cares about burning them okay so those that one's a little different but the graphic on that was really cool uh just cuz like you mentioned borderlands graphics are outlandish and wild and yeah crazy cool second one fallout 76 did you ever play this no i haven't played any of the fallout games and fallout 76 i do know is like one of the more anticipated games because fallout has been like a well-loved series and i heard that fallout 76 was trash okay anyway that's nothing to do with this so i'm just, I'm I, just 
side note. No, that's fair. I watched some gameplay on it, mm-hmm. and the graphics, at least for the Wendigo parts, were absolutely terrifying. Really? Like, legitimately. I'll have to look these up, because I didn't even know that these were in it. Yeah, no, freaking uh, creepy. And they, this one's a little bit more traditional, but they don't have the antlers. But the way it okay. acts is a little bit more traditional. Cannibalist uh, goals to eat humans kind of draws you in, things like that. Very much more on the traditional side, like you were talking about, where Borderlands basically made it look like one and then just scrapped out all of the behavioral side of it. Gotcha. Uh, but you should look up them because they are yeah. really well done for I'll have their to, games. I'll have to look them up for sure. And the last one, mm-hmm. do you want to tell me what it is? I'm going to assume that it is Until Dawn. Yes. If, you haven't played that, have you? No, and you've told me that we we're going to play it. Didn't I give it to you at one point so that you could play it? Yeah, but I think you took it back. I, I might have it. I, I know that one of us has it. Yes. Yeah. It's either my house or your house. Mm-hmm. I know you took gave it to me to play and then... It was actually my, today that I was sitting here thinking because I knew that you were doing the pop culture side that I was kind of bummed. I'm like, wait, if he does pop culture, he's going to find that it's in Until Dawn and that kind of spoils it a little bit because you don't find out what it is until the very end. Oh. But... It's still a really cool experience, and we will play it. Yeah. If anything, I'll just play it, and you can watch, because it's like a fucking movie. It's so good. I mean, that's kind of what we did with... Resident Evil? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you played a good I played, chunk of that. I like, say, like... You played most of it, I think. Yeah. I think I kind of forced but, you to. Yeah, but I didn't play any of it without you. Yeah. I didn't play a second without you here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to do something like that. Ooh, you know it'd be fun to, when, if I get those lights to do that cool thing I was telling mm-hmm. you about with that? Because yeah. it'll like get bright, and then dark, and... To move with the game, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I've heard that's one of like legitimately the scariest video games of all time. It, so it is because it was one of the first, at least when it came out, choice based video games. That's like you make the decisions of the characters, and it changes the outcome of the game. So there's like, I think in that first game before the technology really got there, I think there was over like seventy five possible endings. Wow. Because the decisions that you make. Because you start out the game with a whole cast of characters. And all the decisions that you make while you play, some of them can die. So it's eight characters, too. Yeah, it's eight. And you play as all of them. So they all have some piece to the story that you get to interact with. And you get certain... You can be playing as one character that you decide to make one decision, and it will affect this other character's outcome because of what you chose to do over here. So if I played the game, Mm -hmm. you watch me play it. Yeah. I finish... We turn around, you take the controller, and you start playing it, and I watch you. It could be a different video game. Yep. Like a completely different experience. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, and so the the developer, I think they are Supermassive Games, is who did this one. Oh, I didn't If I'm down. not mistaken, I'm pretty sure it's Supermassive. Because they've then, or then gone on to do a bunch of other these choice-based games. But Until Dawn was the first one that came out, and it was so, like revolutionary because it was just so well done and all the actors like they actually got like real actors to come into it to do all the mocap for it hayden penetiere being uh the most famous and rami malik actually did it as oh well. so they got like big actors yeah. not just c-listers mm-hmm. yeah they get like one or two like big actors for all of their games it's pretty fun but yeah so yeah you just play through this game and it is very very scary Uh, Some of the vibes I got is there's multiple Wendigos you kind of come across, and they're Mm -hmm. slightly, they vary, 
yeah. in like look or they, they're all pretty much the same as far as like how they look and they lean more towards the very slender like really long limbs long fingers and claws and teeth they don't have like the antlers no no antlers but they look like just really starved skinny scrawny things but they're big like undead yeah but like they look very much alive still but like yeah it it's it's crazy but almost like you know in the werewolf in prisoner of azkaban it's like long lanky yeah. arms it, it's just like that but with a round head and not like pointy wolf ears or the anything worst like that. werewolf to ever be put on tv i didn't hate it i thought it was pretty unique but I was not expecting that to be the werewolf in Harry Potter. Yeah. But I didn't hate it. I was, I it was just unique. <laughs> to say the least. You're a Harry Potter, Harry Potter stand, man. No, I just think it was different because every other werewolf you've seen looked the exact same. It's yeah. either an actual like big man wolf thing, which is technically I mean, what a werewolf is, or like they just use an actual wolf and call that a werewolf. Which I hate when they do that. I hate that. Because that's just a wolf. Yeah. But, I mean, a werewolf is just a man who turns into a wolf, I guess. But, yeah, I don't know. I felt like it was cool because it kept more of the human aspect rather than taking all of the wolf traits. Yeah. So I thought that was unique, how it looks like it had, like, skin, no fur covering it. It's more creepy that way, I think. Anyway, looks very much like that in the video game. But... It's not a werewolf, it's a wendigo. And like I said, you don't find that out until way, way later into the game. Yep. And it starts out one way, and you don't think there's any sort of supernatural element to it. You think that they're being terrorized by something else, but then it just takes this 180 and just like turns into this crazy bigger or bigger story. It's a lot of fun. Huh. Yeah, we'll have to play that for sure. Yeah. I, I recognized the name when I was looking, and it was when I was looking at video games that's considered the best use of Wendigos in video games by, mm -hmm. I would say, most of the gaming community. Yeah. Uh, there's some that I missed and chose not to talk about just because they were not as cool or they didn't have an aspect that made them unique. Yeah. So I know there's some I missed, but if there's any that you think I specifically should have talked about, let us know. Yeah. Uh, and there's also probably a new video game that's going to come out between now and the time you listen to this and the It'll Maybe be it'll cooler. have something. Yeah. What's really cool about it is, like I said, it was super massive games. They've gone on to make a bunch of different games that are all, I don't know if they're all technically a part of the same universe, but it's, you'll have to play it to understand, but there's like a, it's like a story within a story. And like the main like background story is all the same in all of the games. Okay. Like it's being told by the curator is who they call him. And the curator makes an appearance in every single one of these games, but not as a playable character. Like, he's the one telling these stories. It's really cool. It's like Goosebumps. It's Interesting. Cool. It's very cool. Man, Goosebumps. Yeah. That's a second grade. Second, dude, did you have those when you were, like, second, third grade? I did, yeah. Like, hundreds. How many? And I never read them because they scared me. The covers of the... I would always go and, like, pull them all off of the shelf when I was a kid, and I would look at all the covers because they were so scary. I liked looking at the covers, uh, but this might come as a shock to most people, but I didn't like reading as a child. <laughs> right. Uh, so I never read them, but I always liked looking at them to think I was going to read them. Because looking at a book for Andrew, it's like him was essentially looking into alphabet soup. <laughs> Man, I wish I actually could describe this to people. I don't see words. I see rivers of gaps in between. My, my brain can't actually 
focus on the words. Anyways, no one really cares about that. But yeah, I can't read worse shit. I'm trying to see how many Goosebump books there actually came out because I feel like there was a hundred. I just wanted to see if I could find like a a list here. And I'm pretty sure R.L. Stein is still alive, right? Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Didn't know we were going to get into the Goosebump section of uh, this podcast here. So there was, oh, they've had series. So there was the, the original series, lasted for five years, and produced 62 books. Okay, so he's not writing anymore. Yeah, I'm pretty sure R.L. Stein is still alive. And then, no, there's another series he wrote that lasted another five years, and that was another 50-ish books. Jeez. And was then, it a horror? I think they're all kind of the same, mm-hmm. yeah. They're all like these little, I mean, horror, but they're like kid horror. yeah. yeah. I mean, Goosebumps, they were still really, like, they were solid stories, and some of them really were scary. Did you ever watch the show? No. No, you probably didn't, because you didn't watch anything when you were a kid. We discovered that in our 90s cartoons episode. Yeah, go watch that listen to, Go listen to that, and then judge Andrew. Yeah, my wife judged the living shit out of me for that. She was like, you need a childhood. Dude, <sighs> I'm still scrolling. Like, and there's, like, different chunks, so there's not, like, just, like, a total thing. I mean, I could go find one, but... Dude, yeah, I mean the the goosebumps selection, hundreds. the goosebump goosebumps selection was huge. I just remember that even then when I was a kid, probably when he wasn't even finished writing them all. But yeah, yeah, I still remember some of because because I did once I eventually got past being able to not like be afraid of them. I did read some of them, and some of them really were were like, they pretty good. Yeah, as of two thousand eight, he sold over four hundred million copies. God damn, and that was. What, 14 years ago? Yes. Good Good on him. him. But, yeah, he, I mean, to say he was in the three or four hundreds without going and digging that deep would be Mm -hmm. an understatement. Yeah, because I'm sure some of the different issues or different volumes were more successful than others. Because I remember reading some of them and some of them are just kind of lame. And there's special edition versions. Yeah. There's all kinds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Goosebumps. I was just like doomed to be involved in horror for, since I was a child because I was so fascinated by it. And here we are. And now a dark, twisted individual who just loves it. And just drag me down with you. Yep. I'll drag everybody I can with me. It's such a fun place to be. I promise. Sometimes. <laughs> Until you're trying to go sleep. Yeah, it's true. Sometimes I do struggle sleeping after some things that I watch, depending on what it is. But it, it takes a very special kind of horror to make me uneasy enough to not sleep the first time we played resident evil that night i was a little on edge well that one's like actually scary like it's it's a pretty scary game and so games actually scare me more than movies oh yeah because i'm involved yeah where Mm -hmm. movies it's very much i'm sitting and i'm just not doing anything yeah you're watching the experience from somebody else but in a video game it is you Mm mm-hmm yeah, and especially video games now, like the graphics are so well done and it's so immersive that you just get sucked right into it and it feels like you're a part of it. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. that was terrifying. It is super fun. But that, I think, unless you have anything else to add, is all we have on Wendigos. I have nothing else. Yeah. Fun episode, though. It is super fun. I think this whole cryptid thing is a fun little uh, series that we can kind of get into because i mean there's plenty of cryptids out there that would be super fun to talk about so they're kind of like conspiracy theories to me and you know how i am yeah because like the lore of them and where they come from and all that mumbo jumbo is very much like conspiracy theorists people 
believe. And yeah. so I, I love conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've made a few episodes about conspiracy theories. So yeah, well, that is, like I said, that is it for the Wendigo. Before we jump into unpopular opinion, if you like this episode and would like to say thanks, the best way you can do that is by leaving us a review. Wait, real quick before we do that. Okay. We need to tell everyone what we're going to do for Game of, uh, not Game of Thrones, House of Dragons. Oh, we'll get into that in a minute. We'll do that before we end after okay. unpopular opinion. But yeah, if you would like to say thanks, the best way you can do that is by leaving us a review. Or even if you wanted to send us a DM. To tell us thanks, that would also be really cool. And you can do that by DMing us on Instagram at Culture Couch Pod. You can email us culturecouchpod at gmail.com. And you can add us on Twitter. Culture underscore couch. Yes. And if you want us to cover a specific cryptid after listening to this episode, if you're really into that, let us know and we'll do it. Because we're planning on doing a lot of a lot of them. So yeah, yeah this is super fun. It's like a nice like hype up for scary season, because that's my time to shine and I just I love it. So. And they're just they have cool stories. That's yeah. the best part. And it's never a bad time for a nice cryptid story. No, so. that's true. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into unpopular opinion. What you got? Uh, as you know, I keep sports very light on this podcast. Uh-huh. College football starts this week. My unpopular opinion is also about college football. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to hate yours. But anyways, uh, Alabama is not the best team in the country this year. Ohio State is the best team in the country this year. Okay. Which... A lot of people will tell me I'm dumb for, and I am prepared to go to my grave for well, said things. You can take comfort in the fact that I won't tell you you're dumb, because I couldn't give two shits about that. Yeah, that's <laughs> So, I'm sure some listener out there will probably be like, dude, this guy's nuts. Why is that, though? Well, Ohio State is bringing back so many people. Now, I might be biased, because I saw CJ Stroud and... I cannot see... He's got the weirdest name of all time, but their best receiver. It's like Smith, Jigba something something he's got like three names like hyphenated names and Mm -hmm. none of them i can pronounce let alone together i saw both of them live and against a very good utah generally has very good defenses and that dude can just fucking run anybody into the ground yeah i think i will be very surprised if ohio state doesn't win the national championship this year okay and that's not people don't think Ohio's going to win. A lot of people think they're like top four. Okay, they everyone just thinks Bama's the best because Bama's Alabama just well they have Nick Saban who's probably the best coach in college football, and they've won it like he's won I want to say five national championships since two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. So he wins a lot. So yeah. but they just get so much like well it's Nick Saban so they're number one. Gotcha. And even if they lose the national championship, everyone's like it was a fluke here. But yeah, no, I think Ohio State's the best team in the country this year. Okay. Well, my unpopular opinion is also about college football. It's funny that you and I both brought college football and to the table. we did not talk about it, Brian. No, we did not. But <laughs> nothing makes me roll my eyes harder than college football fans. <laughs> oh, no. They're the worst on Twitter. Oh, my God. And they, I am in it. Yeah, you are. And also because I think now that I follow you and I follow your brother – and some of their friends have followed me, I think, too, because you've, like, tagged me and stuff and, like, the podcast. And because they're mutual friends, they're like, oh, I'll follow him. So, you know, I'm seeing a lot of their shit on there. And you guys follow, like, some – I mean, you guys follow a lot of accounts that are, like, people who, like, have taken it upon themselves to just post about college football. Like, that's just what they do, which is great. Yeah. Everybody can love have their thing and love their thing. Whatever. Because I'm sure some of the stuff that I like would make them roll their eyes. Oh, Yeah. 
you know, so, you know, the difference between me and college football fans is I'm not public about it. <laughs> and so it, I have seen so much stuff recently that I'm just like, you guys are grown ass adults. Well, Why you, are you even talking about this? You know what happened this week, right? With what? The BYU. Oh, yeah. That wasn't football, but... No, but the thing is... With, college sports, yeah, With yeah. college sports, it all, at the end of the day, it all becomes about football. I feel like there's more drama with college sports, or college football especially, than anything else in the sports industry. Yeah, because, well, that's the thing that makes it great is rivalries. I also don't understand why people love it so much compared to, like, in comparison to the NFL. I couldn't tell you. Can you tell me why you like it more? Yeah, I could tell you why I like it more. So I guess that's a better reason. College football. Okay, so there's there's two things. One, NFL is very just like all these guys are making millions of dollars, like millions and millions and millions of dollars. They can go sign to a new team at any given time. It's large markets. Like the NFL has to decide what cities they want to put their teams in. There's only 30 or 32 NFL teams, right? And so it's just like it's kind of this like select group. Yeah. For college football, just an FBS, which means nothing to you, there's 128 current FBS fo- college football teams. Mm-hmm. And then you have FCS teams. And so I I don't even know how many fucking college football teams there are. I mean, the state of Utah alone has Utah State, Weber, Utah, BYU, SUU, Utah Tech. So what is that, five, six? Mm-hmm. And like, we're not like a huge state, right? Yeah. And so... Oh, and snow college. So you have all these like communities that get together and then you find a school that you hate together. Right. And you have a group that you just, you just want to beat this other group so badly. Mm-hmm. And when you lose, it's miserable. But when you beat them, it's like glory. Yeah. And I think it's also too pride because a lot of people went to those schools. A lot so of people. It's like that whole you know, supporting your school type thing, which I totally understand. But you get more small community engagement. Yeah. I mean, there's still like the national spotlight and stuff that it has, but like at the end of the day, the people going to college football games, like the people that go to Rice-Eccles Stadium on Saturday, they, I bet 80% of them live in the Salt Lake Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, same with BYU. They, I bet, I bet 90% of those people live in Provo. Yeah. Right. And so, oh yeah, for sure. You get these small communities. And I think that's like, What's so cool about it to me? Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Like, I love nothing more than to see BYU lose <laughs> or to see BYU fail. I hate that school. I didn't attend it. I, you know, so a lot of people could be like, well, you don't know. Did I? I can say that it is a good school. It does turn out a lot of like really solid education, but as far as education goes, it's a good school. Everything else about it can fuck right off. Here's what I'll say about. BYU. I'm obviously a huge University of Utah football fan, and you hate your rival. That's natural. Uh-huh. And most of the time, you're right. You also went to school at the U. I did not, actually. You didn't? Oh, I thought you no. did. I'm oh. one of the only people in my family. Oh, so did. you're an extra psycho. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I just like sports. But I, I do not like BYU, not just because of the rivalry, but the way BYU treats multiple diversity groups mm-hmm. doesn't sit well with me yeah so so utah beating byu is more than just beating your rival it's like beating down your asshole brother yeah that you're just like be a better institution 
Mm-hmm. And until you are on our level, like you're never going to be as good as us. Yeah. And I realize how big of a hypocrite all of this sounds. And I'm fine with that. Like, I don't care. But just know, like, I hate BYU for more than just, like, they're the rival in the state. Well, yeah, it's just the way that the school is represented and the way they represent themselves. Like, it's it's all them. It's all their own fault. Yes. I mean, I've lived in Provo my entire life, and I've seen it firsthand. BYU sucks. Yeah, that's Trevor all Their words have never been spoken. Right. So, long story, or long whole thing here, but my unpopular opinion is that I think college football fans are probably worse than Star Wars fans. Uh, I think it depends on the school. I would rather watch a banter on Twitter about Star Wars between intense Star Wars fans than watch a banter between fans about college football. That's fair. And not even because I'm obviously interested in Star Wars. It's the, the, the type of conversations that happen and transpire because of it that I would much rather. And toxic or Star Wars fans, as you know, are very fucking toxic. Yes. College football fans are a different species. Yeah. Like, it's insane. Well, and some schools are crazier than others. Yeah. You know, like I would say... And don't get me wrong, too. Like, I've seen... I've seen the ugly from BYU fans. I've seen some real fucking ugly from BYU BYU fans. But I've also seen some pretty nastiness from Utah fans. Oh. It goes both ways. Yeah, there's nastiness everywhere. I mean... We go in. I mean, Utah, the state of Utah in general has some issues, especially with diversity that I think it's time we kind of look at ourselves and go, why are we this way Right. as a state and what can Mm -hmm. we do to make it better? That is one thing that I've seen not having attended either school, but Utah definitely has the upper hand there with being like, look, we accept you for who you are and that's, that's fine. Like they, they're trying, at least Mm -hmm. I feel like we're BYU is like, no, we're good with who we are. Yeah. But, like, also, be strong in your convictions, but don't be mad when people blast you for it because it's asinine. And you can't really be mad because your school is named after a guy that owns slaves. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I could go on about how much I hate them. Same. Uh, All right. That's all we have for you this week. Now, for our mini series that we're going to do for Game of Thrones, or what we've been talking about and thinking about for Game of Thrones, or... House of the Dragon. We're not actually going to do a mini on it or a mini series. We're going to wait until it's over and do it all in a show. And we're going to do an entire review and our thoughts on the whole episode or on the whole series because we want to give the whole show an episode in itself because we think it deserves that, especially coming back from the failure that was the Game of Thrones finale. So, and we already know this is going to have a season two. Yep. So I have a lot to talk about on where we think the show's going once we kind of know, learn about these characters and really get into these characters. And that way, because it's a bigger show, it's going to give more time for people to watch it and get caught up on it. But yeah, so that will probably be, I think we're planning to record it, I think October 23rd, because I think it ends that 22nd. I think 23rd is a Sunday. 24th is that Monday, because that's when I start school. The, The Tuesday... After the finale is when we're doing it. Yeah, so that would be the 25th. Yes. I think is when we're planning to have it out. I think you're right. So, just hold on tight for that one, because it's going to be good. We, so far, are really liking what we're seeing, but... If you haven't started it, you should. You should. You should definitely give it a chance. If you're one of those people that's like, uh, I I don't want to be excited about it because it's another Game of Thrones show and they fucked it up with the ending, just 
give it a try. Well, then they could you. fuck it up with the ending. Yeah, but... there's still eight episodes left. Like, we don't know if it could be terrible by the end. But so far, it is solid. Highly recommend. Yes. If anything else, just watch it for the dragons, because there's so many more dragons. If you enjoyed Game of Thrones, like, if you just were entertained, yeah, you will enjoy this, I would Yeah, say. you'll enjoy it. At least if, so far. Yeah, it's a solid story. It's got all the politics, the crazy backstabby politics that Game of Thrones had that was that we loved it for. So just give it a try. It's great. All right, but that's it. That's all we've got for you this week. And as always, thank you for listening. And don't get eaten by Wendigos. I can't stop it. Okay.